This morning, I have the pleasure of introducing to you, and we have the pleasure of welcoming to our church, Jim McDonald. Uh, Jim is the development manager for stewardship and planned giving for the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And you might be wondering, what does that mean? Um, so Jim assists donors and organizes and leads educational presentations and workshops um, about stewardship and advising presbyteries and congregations in planned and major gift strategies. So anything to do about giving and the church, uh, Jim is involved in leading for our national church. Uh, he's also recently graduated with an MDiv from Knox College and is an elder in his home congregation of St. Paul's Presbyterian Church in Vaughan. And we are so grateful and, and blessed to have you here with us today. Could we pray for Jim as he prepares to share God's word? God, we thank you for Jim, for the way that you have um, led him to serve your church, for the gifts that you've given to him, the skills that you've given to him, and the calling that you've placed in his heart. We thank you that he's able to be with us here today, to share your word, to help us to consider why it is that we give. We pray that the words of his mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, thank you, Nick. Now, I've been asked to speak to, to you today about the topic, Why We Give. And as it's my mission in life to speak about this wonderful subject, I'm excited to get started. But before I do, I'd like to speak to anyone who, in this time of rapid inflation is finding it difficult. I, I just want to say from the outset, if you don't have any funds left after praying for your needs and you feel you can't give money at this time, please don't worry. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to what one does not have. If there's nothing left over after your bills, or worse, you're sliding into deficit, there's no, gift, no guilt in not giving. Even in the Old Testament, there was no tithe on the poor. In fact, I hope anyone who might need help understands what a gift it is to allow others to help you. So if things are tough right now, Give what you're able and pass it forward in the future. As Nick rightly predicted, technology doesn't work. <laughs> okay. So today's message is entitled Stewards of the Manifold Grace of God. Uh, let's go on to the next slide. So, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul boils down the gospel into two verses. For I handed on to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And as our psalm said, as Christians, we rest in this knowledge, knowing that our salvation was accomplished in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
Everything Presbyterians know and believe is founded upon this assurance. And so knowing this, what then should we do? Now in the New Revised Standard Version translation of 1 Peter chapter 4, we read, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, we're to serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What is manifold grace? Well, when something is manifold, it is both abundant and multi-part. To illustrate this point, I want you to imagine a prism for a moment. Uh, A bright ray of pure light becomes manifold when it hits a prism and splits into a thousand different hues. Such light is both abundant and dispersed into many colors. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. A good steward is a manager who works for an owner, who understands the owner's goals and does what the owner would do. So if we're stewards of the manifold grace of God, you and I are called to share God's abundant grace with the world using the diverse gifts that God has given us. So our stewardship isn't simply about money and giving money, uh, though charity and giving are part of what it means to be a steward. The spiritual practice of stewardship includes every aspect of God's grace. Salvation, forgiveness, acceptance, help, kindness, love, bursting out from all the children of God. God's grace enters the world as pure light, and each of us refracts that grace into a unique and brilliant color of our very own. Theologian Stanley J. Gren says, Christians look at life in its entirety as stewardship. The Bible recounts many stories of great stewards of God's grace, including the remarkable story of the Shunammite woman. Let's meet her in 2 Kings chapter 4. One day, Elisha was passing through Shunam, where a well-to-do woman lived, who urged him to have a meal. So whenever he passed that way, he would stop there to eat. She said to her husband, Look, I am sure that this man who regularly passes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small roof chamber so he has somewhere to stay whenever he comes to us. The Shunammite woman saw a need and responded. Her gift started small, just a meal, to a holy man who was just passing by. But with time, she saw something more in Elijah. She saw his need for a place to stay and realized that God had given her the means to fill that need. Seeing Elijah's need, the Shunammite woman used the gifts that God had given her to extend unconditional love without asking anything in return. What she had, she held loosely, ready to give where she saw a need. Now, in both the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And then, 
referring to himself, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Now we know that conduct follows character. What we think about ourselves governs how we act in the world. Knowing that we're beloved children of God, Ephesians 5.1 tells us that we should be imitators of God. We should give because we want to be like Christ. But, paradoxically, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So, not only does conduct follow character, but character follows conduct. When you give, your heart follows. So giving is just a matter of habit, as it is of attitude. And it doesn't matter where we start. If we are generous, we give. If we give, we will become generous. Either way, we copy Christ's way of being on the earth. So this is how we imitate Christ. Our scripture passage, 1 Peter 4, tells us that using the gifts we each have received and with the strength that God supplies, we are called to love one another, be hospitable, serve one another, and speak the words of God. And in striving to follow Jesus, Peter calls us to assume a role that's more commonly associated with service than with mastery, and that's the role of the steward. Scripture tells us God is love, and in God we live and move and have our being. And since we're made in the image of God, we should naturally reflect the image of God's love. So stewardship is the practice that emerges from love. Douglas J. Hall, a Canadian minister, author, and theology professor, writes, We are created for relationship. Love is the essence of our humanity as God intends it. Reverend Hall calls this practice of love being with, a way of life that mimics the Trinity's shared giving relationship of love, a cycle of relationships, one with God, one with other human beings, and one with nature. In Christ, we share a three-dimensional relationship. We are children of God, the vertical. We are a family of God and community, the horizontal. And we're also part of God's creation, the global. So being with God, our neighbor, and creation means stewardship is not about domination or control. It's about being together, listening to one another, respecting one another, walking alongside each other, everything that makes up a shared giving relationship of love. This identity of the Christian as a steward is not forced upon us from outside. Being a steward is simply what you are. That's what the question, why do we give? That, that's what that question, why do we give? That's what it comes down to. We give 
because givers are what we are. A steward is what you were created to be right from the outset. This is what humanity is here for. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve were tasked with stewarding the Garden of Eden. You take care of your job. You take care of your family. You take care of yourself. Your job, your family, your health. These are all gifts that you receive from God that you steward. In the well-known parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus provided an example of stewardship. Now, I won't recount the entire tale, as I'm sure you remember it. A Samaritan happened upon a victim of crime and gave unearned, unconditional love, while others, who ought to have been equally as kind, did not. The Samaritan didn't care that the victim was of a different ethnicity, or followed what the Samaritan would have considered to be a reprehensible religion that didn't matter to the Samaritan. The Samaritan asked nothing in return, sparing no expense to lavish great care on a total stranger. And although the parable is ultimately about much more, Jesus uses this story to illustrate his comprehensive definition of the word neighbor. You know, I had a Good Samaritan episode myself more than 20 years ago. Uh, at the time, I was living in Los Angeles, California. I was driving on the Ventura Freeway. It was dark, moonless night, uh, no street lamps, and uh, this stretch of highway was just dark. And cars were whizzing along at 120 kilometers an hour. The shoulder was narrow, and there I was, kneeling beside my car, skimming the user's manual to figure out how to take a flat tire off my car. Not, not something I'm particularly versant at. And along came a police officer in a cruiser, right up behind my car. Scared the willies out of me. Gets out of the car. I don't know what's about to happen. I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to get yelled at something. Nope. He pushes me aside, grabs the jack, bam, bam, bam. There it is, up in the air, grabs the, the has, basically has the nuts off the tire in no time flat, takes the tire off, goes in the back, takes out my tire, puts it on, puts it on, puts the other tire in the back of the car, all done in 45 seconds, says, get out of here! This is a really dangerous part of the, of the freeway. So, so I assure you, I got out of there. Well, that's unearned grace. And I can't repay it. It was too dark. I didn't even see the badge. I don't know the, the, the officer's name. I can't say thank you. I, I even, you know, when people act in service to others, their stewardship extends God's unconditional love beyond themselves and into the world in ways we can barely imagine. It's just a wonderful, for me, it was a wonderful example of what it means to suddenly be the recipient of so much unconditional care. You may have heard the saying that God is best revealed in hungry people. Well, Canadian theologian Douglas J. Hall suggests that our hospitality toward our neighbors requires that we somehow enter into the world of those who suffer. Jesus taught us to look at God in low places, in prisons, in breadlines, in refugee camps, on the street. 
God lives in these places. And hospitality towards the vulnerable and marginalized is hospitality to God. Jesus went so far as to say that the main difference between those whom he will recognize and those whom he will, who, who will be unknown to him will be how they respond to the needs of others in this life. In his 25th chapter, Matthew recounts Jesus explaining that a time will come when Jesus will separate people into those he knows and those he does not know. To those he knows, Jesus will say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And should anyone numbered among the saved ask, When did we do these things? Jesus will say, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. So it's unnatural to ask, how should I, knowing I'm a Christian steward, share the grace that God has given me? Well, here's what stewardship encompasses. The care and nurture of all life, the healing of the one who fell among thieves, the feeding of the hungry, the freeing of the oppressed, the befriending of the friendless, protecting and sharing earth's bounty, the passion for justice and peace, and being an empathetic and caring listener. Can I really do all that? That's a long list. I don't know about you, but to me that list makes me feel overwhelmed. And yet, the epistle of 1 Peter, our passage today, reminds us we don't do it alone, telling us whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. The apostle reminds us that the Holy Spirit is the link between what we're called to be and what we're called to do. With the Holy Spirit, We're stronger than we think. And the Holy Spirit is at work in more than one person. We don't have to do everything ourselves. That's the great part of being adopted into the family of God. God works through all of us. Our stewardship is not an act of obligation or penance of some kind, but rather a joyful expression of partnership and encouragement as we are images of God living in the kingdom of God together. When Jesus recognizes us, he will know us together, the bride of Christ. So how do we all work together? Well, as our church's mission and ministry fund, Presbyterian sharing is one of the many ways that Presbyterians across Canada pool together their gifts as stewards to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing God's love and hope in our communities, in Canada, and around the world. These gifts given in love draw us into the lives of people in need. And if we are open to seeing God in all people, the gifts we receive back are often worth more than the monetary gifts we could give. 
When together we give to Presbyterians sharing, we participate in God's mission together, expressing our faith through our actions and decisions. Together we build strong congregations, serve vulnerable people, walk with indigenous people, seek justice, and share Christ's love around the world. Ministries with indigenous people in Canada are serving people scarred by residential schools and racism, discrimination, and the loss of culture and language. Theological students in Canada and Malawi and Nigeria, Ghana and Beirut shine Christ's light in their communities. Indigenous teams translate the Bible into their, in their indigenous languages of Taiwan. <coughs> Excuse me. Young people attend and are inspired by Canada youth events. Sex workers are treated with kindness and dignity through a RISE ministry in Toronto. Refugees find friendship and support through Action Refugee Montreal, and new congregations are planted and others experience growth and renewal. So in summary, all of life is stewardship made possible in Christ, living in us through the Holy Spirit. God is sovereign, offering us unearned, unconditional love. And as God's stewards, we are called together to pass on that unearned, unconditional love, receiving and sharing God's grace in relationship with neighbor, with creation, and with God. God has called us and continues to call us to live out the mission of Christ, to make a difference in the lives of others and other kind, to manage and share the gifts God has given us, our time, talent, and treasure, in a manner that follows what God would do. And when we respond to God's call, God's grace and love refracts into the world through us like a bright ray of light hitting a prism and bursts into brilliant colors for everyone to experience and enjoy. Be at peace, grateful for the skills and passions you've been given by God that you might share them cheerfully and abundantly, knowing that God is everywhere. Amen. Let's take a time for, for reflection. And in this time of reflection, let us remember those most in need among us and marvel at how the living God has given us gifts with which we might ease the suffering of others and thereby come to know Jesus in the most profound way possible.